Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Anyways, today I'm finishing off a series. All the kids listening, you guys in? Sweet. I'm finishing off a series we've been talking about uh, for the past couple weeks based off of uh, uh, some spiritual things I felt God showed me in a road trip I took with my kids up to Atlanta Motor Speedway. And the sermon today is titled, All Hands on Deck. Everybody look at the person sitting next to you and say, All Hands on Deck. All hands on deck. Um, and so the past couple of weeks I've been talking about this early warning system that we have. Thank you so much, baby. You are the best. Um, I've been talking about this early warning detection system that we've all experienced in our life. Kids, you probably experienced it too. If dad or mom get a little bit tired while they're driving down the road, sometimes they'll veer off the road a little bit and the car makes a terrible sound. How many of you guys have heard that sound before? A couple of people have. It goes like, I just realized that's going to be on YouTube forever, so I'm sure no one's going to make a sound clip of that. Um, but we've all heard that before, and it's kind of frightening. It's a, it'll alert you a little bit, but it's good that it's there because if it's there, it keeps you from going off in a ditch or running through the woods when you shouldn't be going through the woods, right? Um, so they're actually the fact that they're there is a really cool, really cool thing. And uh, they said that when those got invented, when they got started getting installed, that in a year's time, the accidents on the highway went down something like 50%, which is a big deal. When you hear that people, something like 30-something thousand people are in accidents on the highway that don't end very well. And so this early warning detection system has saved, literally saved people's lives. It's one of those things that's really good to have. And so we've been talking about how do we as individuals, as followers of Jesus, how do we have those same type of rumble strips, those same type of early warning detection systems in our own lives, spiritually. How do, we, how do we put these safeguards to keep us from spiritually going off of the road, off of the path that God has for us in this great adventure of life? And so this week specifically, I want to talk about the importance of family as one of these rumble strips, one of these systems that can help us along the way. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about family, I believe that family is incredibly important. I think it's something that's one of those things that can be a fantastic tool in your life to help you and help each other as we go through this adventure. Now, it's one of those things where I come from a different family than maybe what you came from. My family is very loud. We're very opinionated. We put it all out on the line. We argue and yell, and we still love each other through it. And that's okay. That's how we do family. How you do family might be completely, completely different. But this is what I know about family. One, it's incredibly powerful. Two, it can be incredibly messy. Anybody here got a messy family? All y'all kids, I see your hands up. We know who's, who's slacking around here, right? No, our family, the Nichols family got to put two hands up on that. My wife, bless her heart, she is like the she cleans house like no, nobody's business. And about two hours later, it's atrocious. She says she's raising three pigs, I mean three people, uh, and it's me, Olivia, and Ben. 
um, and uh, she's successfully barely doing it. So, um, but life can be messy as family, not even just in our houses, but in how we do life together, because we all have difference of opinions, difference how things should go, how diff- we have different opinions when it comes to politics, or when it comes to sports, or when it comes uh, to the state we live in, or whatever, anything and everything. We have difference of opinions, and sometimes these opinions clash. The good news, though, is what I know about family, when it comes to that, when it comes to politics or religion, I understand that to be family, we don't have to be identical twins. We can have difference of opinion and still be family. And so today I want to talk about the importance of the things that family can do to help us along the way, to keep us on this path, that, this adventure that God has called us to. And so I want to pray for us real quick. And then we'll jump into it. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for our families. God, I thank you for uh, all that you've blessed us with. I thank you for what the future holds for our families as we see uh, these young people grow, as we see uh, um, parents become grandparents and great-grandparents. God, I thank you that the future looks bright. I pray that this morning as I read your word, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would take it from my mouth and it would be instilled into our heart. And God, that it would start to change us and mold us to be the men, and, the men and the women and the boys and the girls that you have called us to be. And I thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today I specifically uh, want to speak from the Bible uh, on, uh, from the Apostle Paul. But when I uh, was thinking about this past week, you talk about how we can, we all of us can have messy families, uh, none more messier than the families you hear about in the Bible. God used some really messy families to do some amazing things in spite of their mess. You think about Joseph, right? Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery, right? Olivia, what about if Ben just decided he was going to sell you to go clean somebody's house? That would be, Ben's all for it. Yeah, for sure, right? Okay, 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 okay. Not too excited, okay. Um, But that's exactly what happened to Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers sold him into slavery. Next thing, you also hear about Adam in the Bible. You know, every now and then my kids, they'll kind of go at each other. But Adam's sons, they fought each other to the point of death. You talk about a messy family. But God still does some great things through messy people. And so especially even when it comes to us, I think that family is important no matter how messy we can be. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, we've been talking about Ephesians, everybody, kids, was written by this guy named Paul. Paul was a really cool dude. He went out and started many, many churches. He wrote many letters to these churches, but he didn't start off that way. He start, started off in a place where he actually persecuted and came after and imprisoned people that were Christians, people like that were you and me that were following Christ. But in that moment, Jesus came and had a moment with him that changed his life forever. He did a complete 180, and he started following Jesus and started telling people about Jesus. And he writes in the book of Ephesians to us, the church, and to the the church that was in Ephesus at the time, he says this, so now you... Gentiles. Remember, Gentiles, we talked last week, Gentiles were people that were not of the Jewish faith. He says, so now you Gentiles, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens among 
uh, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We talked about this a little bit last week, how it's important for us to understand that as followers of Christ, we are part of God's family. We are in family with one another. Some of us here today, you maybe came in and you're like, Brian, I don't have little kids. My kids are grown and they're out. Some people are like, Brian, I, you know, I'm estranged from, from my family. And I want to tell you, that today is not just about your physical family. It's also about your spiritual family. It's about the ecclesia. It's about the church, not a building so much as a people. And so he's writing to them saying, hey, there's no division. There's no two different sides. There's no one side of politics and the other side of politics. There, there's no, no FSU and Florida Gators, right? We're not, we're not doing all that. This, we're all together as one family. He says, you are members of God's family. In verse 20, he goes on, he says, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through you, or through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. He's talking about the church coming together and being the family of God and, understand, and having people understand that that is where the Holy Spirit will dwell. And much as it happens in this body of believers, where I believe the Holy Spirit of God is present even today in convicting us and teaching us and challenging us and charging us along the way, I think the same is true when it comes to your family. I constantly try to remind families when it comes to pastoring your kids, man, I'll tell you what, Shelly and, uh, and, uh, uh, and all her team back there, uh, Miss Marcia, does, they do a fantastic job. Olivia does a great job. Olivia Q uh, does a great job teaching. There's so many great teachers. They're doing a fantastic job pastoring your kids, but they don't have the influence on even a fraction of based off the influence you have if you pastor your kids. You need to understand that when you go home from church, you still are the church at home. You still have the ability to lead your family. I don't want to get off too much, but, but these are the three things that I feel like families can do that will help be the rumble strips to keep us on the safe, uh, narrow road that is this, uh, uh, this adventure that God is calling us to, the path that Christ has before us. The first thing you can do, and everyone, all the kids listen to me, these all start with the letter H. You ready? Okay. The first one is family members can help. Look at each other and say help. They can help. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 9, this is in the Old Testament, says this. It says two people are better than one. Now this is kind of, this is, this is, this, we understand this a little bit, right? Kids, would you rather have one happy meal or two happy meals? Two Happy Meals, right? One toy in the Happy Meal or two toys in the Happy Meal? Two, yeah, there you go. It says, two people are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. We can help each other. As a church family, as physical families, we are called to be all hands on deck and help one another. And if we will help one another, it go, everything in life gets a whole lot easier. It's easier to pray with one another than it is to pray by yourself. It's easier to do even physical tasks. Erica and I, uh, not Erica and I, Erica leads the charge and I just do what she says. 
Erica, every now and then in our home, uh, at some point the living room gets to a point where it looks like a bomb, just Legos everywhere. It's bad. It's or okay, what is it then? Blankets. Olivia's thing is 36 blankets all over the house. One little girl. She has all these blankets everywhere. Ben's got walkie-talkies for days. It's one of these things where the house gets crazy, and Erica says, stop. We all got to come together, all hands on deck, and we got to clean this thing. Now, if, if we do it together, it gets done in what, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes? An hour. Feels, yeah, there you go. It's like an hour of you whining about it, and then it gets done in 15 minutes is how it goes. But it gets done super quick if we all get all hands on deck. Same thing, we'll, we'll have a Sunday or a, a weekend where we'll go out on the boat for a couple of hours or something like that. We get this little tiny flats boat that we, we go on sometime. And putting the boat in the water, getting it ready and stuff like that, there's so much to do. And so we got to a point where we said, all hands on deck, everybody's got a job. So you see the Nichols family, when it comes to hooking up the boat, everybody gets out of the truck. We're out there for maybe three minutes. We're back in the truck, we're ready to go. All hands on deck. You want to get up in here and preach? You probably would. That's a scary thought. All right. All hands on. We can help each other. We're supposed to help each other. Men and women, guys in our church, we're supposed to help each other get through this adventure of life. No one says it's going to be easy. The Bible doesn't say that this life is going to be easy at all. Following Christ isn't going to be easy. But for us to understand that we're not alone, that we can help each other along the way, I think it's I think the way it's important, or I think what we need to understand is important. I saw this physically, uh, actually, this past week. I went out with a buddy and uh, went shrimping, and shrimping, and that sounded like I said stripping. I was not stripping in Daytona. I was shrimping in Daytona. It's a completely different hobby. Um, I was shrimping in Daytona with a buddy, and as we were shrimping, I see uh, it might have been Stetson's. Uh, rowing crew or, or maybe it's maybe it's Daytona State College or something they were rowing down the river and you had a couple guys that were just rowing by themselves but then you had a group that were together and the group that was together was like two or three guys they were blowing the guys by themselves just blowing their doors well they didn't have doors on a canoe but if they had them they were they were off they're blowing the doors right off of them because two are better than one if you come together you can help and you should help each other Second thing that we can do is we can hold each other. I think for us to comfort each other in tough times is an incredible gift that we've been given. I think, that, you know, uh, we had something this, this past week. Erica and I, um, you know, we were, Erica was in the hospital three different times. She had her grandmother uh, that was in the hospital. Uh, then Olivia had a surgery that we went to. Uh, and then we had a, a dear friend that we had to go visit in the hospital. And after three times in one week, at some point she came to me, she's like, I just need you to hold me. She's, she's, just being, she's just being transparent and vulnerable to me. She's like, hey, at some point I need, I just need you to hold me. I said, yes, ma'am, no problem. I'll do that all day. And so as, as, as I hold her, I, I understand that there's, there's comfort that we can bring to one another during tough times. The post, or it, it continues on in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Two are better than one. When it comes to your family, man, understand that you are a team and you should work as a team. In our uh, great trip uh, to Atlanta, 
Uh, Atlanta should take the average person six hours. If it takes you more than six hours, you're doing it wrong from here. Um, we were doing it real wrong because it took us 10 hours from, from New Smyrna Beach, 10 hours. I know people can get to, like, Ohio in 10 hours. It's like we were way off. I'd love to say the whole time that uh, my kids and me and Erica, we just got along. We were singing over the rainbow and the sound of music playlist was playing and butterflies were chirping the whole time. Butterflies don't chirp, do they? You caught me on that, didn't you? Butterflies were chirping. It was great. That was not the case. There must have been at least half a dozen fights going on to a point where someone in the car stands like, he's touching me and... And there's the whole thing of, like, I'm not touching you or whatever. And it's, that's me and Erica. Anyways, that's not even the kids. Stop touching me. It was tough. We didn't, it wasn't easy peasy getting along. My family, though, when we get to a point where things are tough and we're fighting with one another, I stop them. We stop it all. And we say, hey, remember something. It's the nickels versus everything else. The Nichols, the Nichols are a team. Our family, your family is a team. And you should get along and help each other. And in times of toughness, you should be able to hold the line with one another. When people need to be comforted because of tough things that are going, you should be able to hold and hug and love on each other. When it comes to small groups, we, we hear people going into the hospital, people getting uh, diagnosed with illnesses or whatever, and it's great to see how the church comes together and helps them through a tough time. I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be an opportunity even this week for you to help and you to hold or help comfort somebody that's in need. It might be someone in your family. It might be someone in the church family. It might be someone in, in your little community group. I want to challenge you to step out and be the embrace of compassion. Because I, I think that's what Christ wants us to be. The last thing, we've talked about help. We've talked about hold. The last thing is I think we have the ability to help heal wounds in our family. Back to the book of Ephesians. This is Paul's letter. He says this. He says, get rid of all bitterness. He goes on to name some other things, but get rid of, of all. I did some research into, like, the Greek meaning of that word all. Do you know what it means? It means all. That's exactly what it means. It means all of it. Get rid of all bitterness. He goes on and he says, get rid of all, all rage and all anger and all harsh words and all slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I talked to a guy today on the beach. Um, it's incredible how at the sunrise service, man, people come up who are far from Christ. Or they, might, they just are intrigued by the music that they come up and they're asking questions. And this guy told me, he said, man, I know about God. He's like, but I'm so ashamed of all the things that I've done wrong that I, there's no way I could come to church. There's no way I could just come to him. I stopped and I told him, I said, man, that's not how God, that's not how God works. God's, God's not sitting there holding a grudge on you. He knows all the stuff you did and, and loves you in spite of it. 
He knows all the stuff I've done. All the stuff the person sitting next to you has done and still loves you no matter what. He doesn't, he doesn't want you to feel ashamed. He wants you to get reconnected. He wants that part of you spiritually to heal. I think when it comes to us specifically with one another, man, there's a, the, 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 the dynamic of a family is incredibly powerful. It can be an incredibly powerful tool. I've seen young people grow into young men who, who are fantastic at what they do because of their family that helped them grow up. But it can also be a double-edged sword, and we can create harm in one another if we're not careful. I think that the discerning element that will help us in spite of this is love. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 9 says, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven. But dwelling on it separates close friends. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. The Apostle Paul wrote to a church in Corinth, and I'm going to read a verse that you've heard before. The chances are you probably have heard it uh, mostly at a wedding. I hear people talk about this verse. It's, it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And uh, people are like, man, it's the romantic part of the Bible. And when, when you use it in that context, it is very romantic. But when it was written, it was not for that intent. And that, it's okay if you had it said at, at your wedding because I think it's applicable there as well. But when Paul writes this, he specifically writes it to the church family. When Paul writes it, he's writing it to families. He's writing it to us. He says, when it comes to this, let me help describe to you what love is and what love looks like. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but it rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. I'm pretty sure she just said amen there. That was her first word. We're going to put that down in the history books. So, Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always is hopeful endorsed through every circumstance. Family, I want to tell you as your pastor, as your friend, I love you. I'm thankful for you. If there's something I can do to help you, I want to help you. I want to challenge you to show love in your family physically, in your church family, in your community. Jesus tells the disciples, he says, by the way that you love one another, is how people will identify you as my disciple. Not by the church shirt you have or the church sticker you got on the back of your window. By the way, if you got a coastline sticker on the back of your window, like don't be flicking people off or anything, okay? We don't want to see it on Newsy Edgewater or whatever. There's all types of craziness on there. They'll know Jesus. They'll know that you are his disciple. They'll know you part of the family by how you love the people that are around you. 
When it comes to your church family, when it comes to your community, when it comes to your physical family, help them. When times are needed, hold them. And when you can, when you have the ability to, heal. Coastline, I want to tell you this. I think that this week you're going to have opportunity to implement all of this. And so look out for the opportunity that God gives you to share his love with those around you. Here in a second, I want to pray a prayer of blessing over your family. Before we do that, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. If you're here today, you say, Brian, I, I hear you talking about this family. I hear you talking about Jesus and, and his apostles who are writing these words. But today I don't feel like I'm part of that family. If you're here today and you want to take a step into that family, the door is open. Jesus' arms are open. He's happy to receive you. The only thing he's waiting on is you. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you did last year. It doesn't matter the shame that you're holding on to that thinks separating you from him. He just says, man, we're family. Just come in. So if you're here today and you want to take that step into family, I just want you to, all you're going to do is by raising your hand up and putting it right down. You're just saying, Jesus, I want to be in family. I want to be in relationship with you. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for our families. I thank you for the church you allow us to be a part of, the church that you're continuing to charge uh, in, in this time. God, I, I pray that in this moment, as you know the things we're struggling with, you know the, the areas of concern in our family, the things that are creating frustration and angst or that are wearing hard on us, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would settle upon us and that you would help us to be a family that you would say is healthy, that we would start to add things in, that we would love each other and we would forgive and we would help when we can. Ultimately, I pray that, that these things would help us be the rumble strips that keep us on the path that you have for us. I pray that as we pursue you, God, that we would look forward to in faith and hope that the best is still yet to come for us individually, for our family, for our church. God, I thank you so much for what you're going to do. God, I pray that you would bless these families. I pray that they would see you at work this, this week in their lives. I pray that you give them opportunity to apply what you're teaching them. God, I thank you for the day in which we're going to step into our permanent home. Wherever it is, God, however we're going to get there, we thank, for you, we thank you for it in advance because we know you're already working it out. Thank you for New Smyrna Beach High School. God, have your way in our lives and our community. We believe the best is still yet to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.